Hello and welcome to Alien Minute, the daily podcast where we are analyzing aliens in short, controlled bursts. I'm John Inkle. And I'm Mitch Bryan, and today we're looking at Minute 103, which begins with an alien bashing its way through a door and ends with Newt pointing. Yeah, so we're uh, right into the vents here, right? Uh, uh, trying to remember now. Uh, well, and we've got we've got um, a time element, right? Yeah. Which is the bending door. The yep. door is being bashed from from one Splintered side. Splintered, and so 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 again, another piece of engine mm-hmm. in this sequence. Another suspense thing that is, if you don't get out of there, it's gonna break, and they're gonna come through, right? So that's pretty cool. Yeah. And it, and that's a dread. It, it fills us with dread, right? When you see that door splintering open, you know it's a matter of seconds, right, before this deadly alien bursts through. And we still have Vasquez for one moment at the beginning of this minute, not in the vent yet. She's still keeping cover, right? Right. So um, I think that's what a lot of this minute is going to be about. Obviously, it's going to be about Vasquez a lot, but it's also going to be about the little micro things that make up the roller coaster ride of these action sequences. Like in this, instant, and we get Bishop in this scene too. That's part of the roller coaster right. ride that I was going to get at. So we get you're right. We get this ticking clock. We know it's a matter of seconds before this doors burst through. So Vasquez, get in the get in the vent quick. That's part of the roller coaster ride. But it's it's a hopeless feeling, right? Get in that vent or not, that vent does not seem like a good place to be. Even if it's the best option right now, it almost feels like it's a worse place to be. Still, I think instinctually. Yeah. A closed, enclosed space is going to just feel like, oh, shit, this is not good. Right. And right now we're feeling a sense of dread and hopelessness, I think. We're like, wow, this is the bad, you're bottlenecked in. Um, this is the bad choice, uh, you know, that the characters are going to, like, sort of organically have to go through because they're being surrounded. They're being closed in on. And so that part of the roller coaster is we have this dread and this hopelessness. And then we cut to Hicks who calls Bishop, who we haven't heard from in quite a while. And suddenly, glimmer of hope. We're headed somewhere. We're headed to the what landing platform. Yeah. And he's going to be bi- there. Good old trust, trustworthy Bishop says, I got an ETA on the ship. It's on its way. I'm still here and not in danger, apparently. And we all suddenly we're lifted up. We're like, Oh, things aren't so bad. So he says, I, it's going to, I'll be there in 16 minutes. Right. Mm-hmm. So I just thought as I was watching this, cause I haven't really looked ahead. I'm wondering, does the next 16 minutes take place in real time? That's a good does, question. does he arrive at minute one nineteen? Because that would be that if he's on, if he's on schedule, that would be what we'd be looking toward. So um, I'll tease that out. And I guess when you get to minute one nineteen, I don't know who's going to be with you for that, but you'll find either. out. Remember to ask. We'll find out. Yeah, that's a good call because it's very possible thinking about how long this movie is and what point that happens. It's very possible that it is about that time. Uh, we'll see. Or it could be longer even, right? You could, could stretch time. I don't think it could be longer because... It, maybe we'll see yeah it could be obviously what you're saying yes of course they could stretch time it's movie time but thinking about the runtime and the things that happen i'm not sure if it could happen much later Are than any big slow motion set pieces coming up between now and then i don't think so okay because you know i you, i mean i missed it when you guys talked about it but there's always cameron always seems to have at least one where everything one sequence where everything is in slow motion yeah. it doesn't do a peck and paw thing where you're cutting from fast to slow to fast to slow it's just like the whole thing goes into slow mo there's a ton of it when and the initial, you know, attack and the death of, of Wierzbowski and Frost and yeah, so on. Yeah. So we definitely get, but that's good, you know, he's stretching time out there because he gave us an inevitable time bomb. Yeah. And he had to make us, <laughs> yeah. like, wait for it yeah, a little yeah, bit yeah, longer. Yeah, yeah. It was really well done. 
but no, I don't think there's any big slow mo coming up. Um, All right, so 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 you know, stay tuned to yeah. to minute one nineteen to see whether that's when Bishop shows back up. So just to, to just to stay on this theme of the roller coaster ride, the thriller, right? That's what often uh, is talked about, like the the ride of the thriller is the roller coaster, right? You know, you have the dread, and then you have hope, and then you have dread again, and you have hope. And in this case, we get the hope with Bishop. This sounds pretty good. They're in this vent. So far, um, no aliens are in front or above or anything that we're going to find out they are. But right now, we don't know. They're behind us, and so far we're headed in the right direction. And we have a guide who knows where she's going. Yeah. Um, and we feel this sense of hope. Bishop's on his way. Uh, we can trust him. He's going to be able to fly this thing. He's going to fly him out of here. And once they're off the planet, all this is over. So I think it's a it's a interesting choice. And I wondered why for a second until I thought of it in these terms. There's that moment where they hit the sort of fork in the road, and Newt tells Ripley to go one way, and then changes her mind. Yeah. Because suddenly we take that element of that hopeful element of having the guy that knows where she's going, and we doubt it for a second. Right, right. Then but again, that's, but we, we drop we, it down again. Oh wait, what if they're not going the right way? Although we get a great beat before we get there, so we kind of get ahead of ourselves on this on this Newt business. Okay. Um, and I'll wait until we get there. Because I think it's, I think you're totally right, John. I, I had this in my notes that suddenly, suddenly Newt isn't a hundred percent sure of where she's going. Mm-hmm. But prior to that, what's so great is that um, when when she when she does know where she's going, right? Um, and Ripley doesn't. Ripley has to ask her, "How do we get there?" Right? right? And it makes Ripley vulnerable, which I really love. I mean, Ripley's not Superwoman yet. Nope. She is actually relying on this little kid, who seems to know exactly where she's going. So you're right. So then when you get to that moment where Newt's like, uh, wait a minute, I'm not, uh, now I'm not sure. It just, it's the suspense again. It, but it's done subtly. Yeah, yeah. Because you could have had that moment. I could see easily this moment being. Make a meal out of it, um, yeah. Cut into a close-up of, of Ripley saying, well, is it this way or not? <laughs> right. Or something that that really like slaps the audience in the face telling them, um, oh no, this kid might not know. But you don't need that because you're, this is too this ride is going too fast for that. We need to keep going, going, going. So these little moments, you'll, you'll sense them. You don't need it like uh, spoon fed to you. I do get my least favorite shot of an alien in this, in this minute. Okay. The shot where the alien is coming toward camera and, and isn't touching anything, isn't Mm. touching any walls. It looks to me like it must be an alien being dropped by a rope through a thing. And they've put the camera in a different angle. Um, it works later when the alien drops down on her. Right. But in this one moment where the alien's coming towards camera, I always just thought that that would just look so phony. And it's too bad because if you think back to the moment when uh, Hicks sees the aliens in the in the roof area with the flashlight, they're crawling. Like, they're really making their way through all of this, like, infrastructure mm-hmm. in the roof. And it's it's really, really spidery and scary and creepy. And this thing is just kind of going, it's just flying down the down the thing, like, defying gravity. And I, I don't know. Yeah. It's quick. But I, I always remembered that shot kind of going, mm, I don't know. I guess because these, like, so this particular scene, um, going all the way back to when they first burst down through the ceiling, would have been my first real experience with these aliens and what they could do. So we have that initial attack in the cocoon room where we dispatch of Dietrich and Frost and Wurzbowski and so on. But you don't see them a whole lot. You don't, you know, mm-hmm. they're grabbing you and they're taking you away and they're in the shadows. And this is where we really see the fully articulated aliens. So this is my th- idea of how they work. Mm-hmm. You know, this is the first one I saw. So when I see this, I think it's, there's something kind of otherworldly and really dangerous looking about an alien that can just slide through 
doesn't have anything to grip onto. Like if it's pulling off of things, you know, that's the way it gets around. Like you said, when it's crawling through the ceiling, it's like grabbing the, the rafters, you know, mm-hmm. if that's the way it gets around, how does it get around in a, in a vent? You know, how does it get a grip with those claws or whatever? You know, this is the yeah, mind. But it's of not a, touching anything. I know. It's like, it's not like it's slithering or it's, you know, I, I get you. I, I don't know. I, I think just, it was impactful to me at the time. It was something, it was otherworldly. I almost wonder so. whether it was a, whether they cribbed it from whether they stole it from a few seconds later when the one, when you do get yeah. the shot of the one dropping down towards Vasquez and that clearly is defying gravity because it's just jumping, it's just falling down this thing. Right. Maybe they grabbed another shot of that angle and put it here to sort of intensify the, the sure. idea of it coming towards her. I, I mean, do we ever get a shot of a, of an alien in the vent, like walking around in a real realistic manner? Mm-hmm. Do we? Yeah. Like when they come, when they're coming, uh, in a couple minutes, you know, when they're after she's killed the one and it's laying there on the vent, and then the other ones are coming up behind it. They're walking. They're like walking. Yeah, though, they're right? totally walking. I they're think not... the, the idea that we want to get this like speed here is the might be the issue. Then yeah, might have been very difficult for the for the actor in the bodysuit um, to really pick up speed. So they had to do something. They had to pull right. a little trick here. Yeah. And to me, I think I would rather have this one shot to a. A super fast moving alien coming at you and build the thrill of that moment over. Well, it doesn't look realistic. Right. I think I, I think I like the choice, and I'm sure they looked at it and said the same thing. You are, I bet. And if and it were made today, they'd be able to sure use the computer and and yep. have its claws touching and crawling yep. crawling in. Yeah. Yep. So to me, it's fine because I think it's a very effective cut, uh, and I'm never really worried too much about whether it looked real or not. But yeah. I hear what you're saying for sure. Uh, I also noticed that in this. Um, Cameron's handheld work is really nice. The who, whether Cameron mm-hmm. were operating or whether whether Adrian Biddle was operating, uh, it, it's got that Ridley Scott feeling of everything is unhinged, and you go to the handheld camera, and it's immediate, and you're close, and it's it's really really fantastic. Yeah. Yeah, I realized I, I I built up this minute as being about Vasquez. I realized that's the next minute. <laughs> it's not really as much this minute as it is the next one. I no, guess. it's true. It's true. But you know, it's funny. Um, after that moment when Newt's confused, you know, and then, and, that, and then, you know, it keeps the tension up and I'm not sure. Okay, we'll go this way. Um, Gorman yells, Vasquez, move. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I always think that's really funny because I don't know whether we get that to remind us that Gorman is there. Yeah. Um, he needs to do something. So he yells, Vasquez, move, because you don't have to tell Vasquez to move. No. She is trying to get the fuck out of there because there's an alien coming towards her and she's firing as fast as she can. And I have no doubt she's moving as fast as she can. Mm-hmm. So to have Gorman tell her to move seems really funny to me. Um, he's either being completely ineffectual, right? Which yeah. is, you know, that's, 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 that's part his, of his thing, yeah, right? Yeah. Uh, or we're just trying to remind the audience that he's here and because um, he's kind of been absent for most of this minute. We really haven't seen much of him. He just, I mean, he hasn't been playing a big part at all since he's been awake. His gun doesn't work. His gun doesn't work. He's got a bandage over his head. Yeah. You know, he's just uh, following orders from uh, people of lower rank than him. But I think that not only are we being reminded that Gorman's there, we do maybe need that because we're about to move into a big moment for him. Mm-hmm. We also might, you know, you might want to foreshadow the fact that he's mindful of Vasquez. This like, we get these subtle moments between them that build their character Going all the way back to the, she's grumble. She grumbles when he gives orders. She, uh, I guess it's not that subtle. She calls him a pendejo and so on. And then we get that moment after he wakes up from the coma, where we just rack focus to her. She's glaring at him, clearly displeased. 
that's a relationship moment between the two of them that they cut away from. Yeah. And now we're going to reestablish again that there's this relationship between the two of them. It's not a big, like, uh, A-plot right. relationship. It's the, But it's under the surface, and let's remind him. So let's have Gorman say something to her. He's mindful of her. So when this next moment happens, we got one more little, like, stepping stone towards it that was laid. So it's not just completely out of the blue. But I think that's probably the purpose for it. I think you're right about the reminding the audience he's even there. But um, you're right. There's no way that <laughs> Vasquez needs to be told what to do here at all. She's she's the one that uh, she's the one behaving like a soldier more than anyone in the scene. Yeah, so. definitely. Um, she does come off a little bit more desperate than she has before, and rightfully so. But up to you know, all through this movie, she's always been kind of like knows what's to do. She she acts according to the action around her. She never panics like Hudson. But here I get a sense from the performance that maybe she's starting to get a little nervous and i think we're supposed to feel that too i i feel like i say this all the time going all the way back to alien when when a certain character starts to get nervous it's tells the audience that okay now i'm really starting to get nervous and i don't know if that we don't necessarily need that here because the scene's already being built uh, to make us feel the anxiety of it but at the same time i look at vasquez and she just doesn't look quite as calm and cool anymore and, and, and they like, really make a point too of 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 featuring not with a close-up, but just in the way that she's positioned in the frame, featuring the fact that she's got that pimped out forty-five, um, mm-hmm. you know, with the with the ivory handles, the George Patton. The, yeah, I was gonna say gun. the Patton gun. Yeah. yeah, and so you're kind of, if, whether you're conscious of it or not, it's there because that's going to be what happens next. Yep. I mean, she's going to go for that gun because she's going to run out of ammo. All right. Well, maybe we should just move on to the next minute and talk about that. Sounds good to me. All right. Well, that's going to do it for minute one hundred three. Um, find us at AlienMinute.com, on Twitter at AlienMinutePod, or on Instagram at AlienMinutePodcast. Uh, we'll see you tomorrow for Minute 104.